This is where this is where Riggsy and I butt chugged those beers that one time. I told your mother, and then I met your mother later that evening. And I said some regrettable things. <laughs> I said some regrettable But she's uh, since forgiven me. About Mickey Matthews. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com, the at the wheel route on Twitter. Sorry, just at the wheel route on Twitter. <clears throat> wheel route podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And you can get the show Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, the Google Podcast Center, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're out there. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I am on Twitter. I log on the Dawn on occasion. And uh, yeah, coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. We're holding strong here. Um, uh, Weather-wise, I should say. Had a lovely weekend. Played a little solo golf on Friday in the afternoon, which was nice. And then was joined up by a lovely um, local Florida man that was just a, a treat to play the back nine with, let me tell you. Uh, it involved a solo cup full of red wine. Shout out, shout out to my guy, Jimmy out here, out here doing it. So, uh, yeah, good weekend. Hit the beach, watch some football. You know, we had our highs, we had our lows, but we're back. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where the weather continues to trend towards autumn. It's lovely. Uh, great sleeping weather. At, mm. at night these days, the window has been <laughs> busted wide open uh, for the sleeping purposes. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, probably the beefiest of social media sites, the most secure these days, uh, at Shank Boom. Jordan, where I don't tweet, but I, you know, I just spectate. I let others have their fun. That's um, not true. You've had some bangers recently, Jordan. Well, you know, I much like in real life, I like to pick and choose when I enter the conversation and uh, make it count. It's a better <laughs> move. Make it nasty. Yeah. Occasionally make it nasty. Occasionally make it nasty and throw it in a circle, verbally. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is here? <laughs> Wheel route out of context would be a great Twitter account. Speaking of Twitter accounts. That's, that's a good point. Um, my name is Jason Kreck. I am also coming from the friendly city of Harrisonburg, um, where, yeah, we, we are in full, uh, full Harrisonburg spring and fall weathers where it's like almost hoodie weather in the like early mornings and evenings. And then like t-shirt and shorts and, and swamp in the afternoons. Um, but, but yeah, the, the evenings are lovely at the moment um highly recommend yeah uh, I, I tell you what jason you want to you want to feel some real vapors go do like a quick grocery run after we're done recording this and it'll be hoodies and shorts weather oof. right mm. right in the kisser oh, we love so we love hoodie and shorts weather so good. um uh oh yeah i tweet things uh, at jason crack from time to time um mostly so logan can mock me but uh, for other reasons and, as well. It's not uh, all mocking. 
you know, I, I just like to I like to keep it, I like to keep it real on that platform. Yeah, you know, you there's do. one thing I'd like to do. Sometimes we all hey, in life. We all need a reset every now and then. And I am there to provide resets to and fro. A reminder to keep our, our social heads on yeah. swivel. Yes. Will. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Make Twitter properly rated. I'm, I'm sure. like major. I'm like major. Right. And you're like that Oklahoma receiver. You never saw me coming. All right, Peter, a real one. Also, I see you coming every time. I know immediately before I hit tweet that you're coming. I believe his name was Juan Iglesias also. I, that's been pr- sure, probably. Decleated. Absolutely decleated. Yeah. He, he would have been thrown in he would have been thrown in prison for that hit in in 2021. That's year correct. Of Lord the, also, that gentleman disappeared over the sideline, never to return, and who can blame him? Aaron Hernandez got him. No. Yikes. <laughs> My bad. All right, kids, keep it moving. Go Gators. <laughs> um, Jason, you introduced yourself. You're in the friendly I did. City. You were you were present. Yeah. 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 I'm just making sure. You yep. you, you talked about your Twitter and and how I mocked you and and I yep. got we got sidetracked. So that's right. um, is that a Southern Comfort uh, a booze shirt? Uh, kind of. I don't actually know. I think it's kind of generic. It might be booze. I've had it for a while. It's I, I've switched exclusively to the t-shirts that are like the whatever the new blend is. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a cotton poly blend, right? Yeah, I'm I'm done with the the old like all guilt the Gildan, if you will. <laughs> the beefy tea. You're not yeah. you're not a Hanes beefy tea guy. Not, I'm not on that anymore. I, I'm a, I'm a man of means now. I can afford to own like nine very soft t-shirts. <laughs> I can afford, afford to weave some polyester into my t-shirts. Exactly. Yeah. You get it. You get it. I do. I believe me. I get it as well. Shout out to some brands that we wouldn't mind advertising for the podcast, you know? Yeah. But until that day, no, no free ads. Bleeps only. Bleeps Absolutely. Only. All right. What are you guys drinking tonight? Uh, I, despite my performance last episode, have more cranberry lime. I'm just staying on the train. Playing a dangerous no, no, game of chicken with my no pick picks. Yeah, no yeah. picks tonight. Just no get picks tonight. Right we, get to, yep. we get to rinse it out and right. be good. A system flush, if you will. Jason, what are we cracking open over there? I just cracked open a Lagunitis IPA. Time nice. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I am back on the passion fruit cranberry orange juice blend. All right. You, uh, you've been workshopping names for that little mocktail of yours, or are you just happy to, to call hmm. it, you know, whatever? We can work on it. I'll work on it. I'll think yeah. about it. <clears throat> it's uh, nice. Not too sweet. All right, boys. Um, Jordan, you've re- you've returned from the woods. Returned from uh, the wilderness. We get a report from the woods. Everything Emerged. okay? Everybody, everybody made it back. The pit chicken was all right. Yep, pit chicken was good. Uh, nobody had to use their medical release forms for actual medical situations, which is always a blessing. Uh, yes. The the leaves are starting to turn out at Highland Retreat. Oh, We're nice. Not getting much of that uh, in Harrisonburg yet. Sure. It's always yeah. ten degrees. Older out towards Bergden, so uh, they they get a little, gave us a little preview of what's to come. Um, it's going to be yeah. a good year. Will the hills on fire for the singing? They they were they were singing soft muted overtures of of autumn at this point. Um, <laughs> but but Jason, I I did think when I saw the leaves changing, it might be time to hit up our boy that uh, we picked up that day at Chenvali as a random third. And tell him <laughs> peak season's on its way. Yep. So, so he can plan accordingly. He can re- he can return. Yeah. Was that the fellow in the bucket hat? Yeah. Yeah. He was wearing a bucket hat and delightful taking, gentleman taking pictures of anything that looked like nature. Yep. Love it. 
at Chinvali too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just really out in nature. At Historic Chinvali Resort, yep. if you will. The algae loved matted it. pond with the yeah. geese. Yes. <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> my uh, closest, probably one of my closest times to ever dying happened at Chinvali. My, my father and I nearly got just murked by a lightning bolt. I mean, it was... It was touch and go there for a while. Like we, we did the the full on, like we were going to pick up the balls and because the storm was coming and it started to rain and then man, that thing, that thing clapped right on top of us. And my, I, my dad was like, no, just go, go, go. It's like, you know, and to leave like a dollar 75 max fly from 1994 out in the middle of the fairway Jeez. was, uh, you know, that's a, that's a lot. You know, it's us. serious when David Whitehouse abandons <laughs> such a balada, <laughs> a, a nice balada. Uh, shout it out to, uh, I like that everybody, I, I think we all, I think it's a pretty common reaction to lightning striking nearby is you just immediately like, you assume the next one is going to be closer as if there's like a rhyme and a reason, like as, as if you're like getting shelled, like. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I will say one, I think struck like really close to my backyard one time and I was at, at this current house here in Florida uh, and I was sitting at, at my desk, not at my desk, at the dining room table working and um, like like my elbow, like involuntarily, like jumped, like oh, it was close and it, it, yeah. it freaked me out. I was, I was, so then I'm like, I moved it more interior to the room. And like, every time there was a flash, I was like having like, like instant PTSD yep. symptoms. It well, it's tough. like, I think it's just like the difference, like not between what you expect it to be. Cause like, I think most of us have been close by a lightning bolt at this point, but like, like rolling thunder off in the distance, especially like at the beach or mm -hmm. like on a warm summer is delightful and relaxing. And then like, absolutely. When lightning hits, uh, like, like a uh, hundred yards away, it sounds yeah, it sounds like you're, you're in the woods with, uh, you know, hundred eighty second airborne and getting shelled or something. <laughs> Bingo. So anyhow, shouts to that. Um, yeah, speaking of randos, played nine, well, ten holes of golf with a delightful gentleman uh, at the uh, Heritage Ridge Golf Club on Saturday, Friday afternoon. Did you take um, any of his money? No, didn't do that. Didn't have a tremendous initial showing, uh, but I think I'm like, I think I like parred like four straight holes down the stretch there. So it's, I was, there I was go. doing all right. I was swinging I it around. Interesting setup over there. There's like multiple stretches where it's like, at one point there's two par threes in a row, which is always jarring to experience real time. And then there's a time, I think there's a period where it's like five, three, five, three. And you're like, oof. Okay, <laughs> like, you know, let's, you really got to switch up the tactics, especially for me. I am not a tremendous par five player uh, and need, you know, that's that's really really what we're focusing on here in this new phase. So. <laughs> but it's all good. A little bogey golf. Who cares? Having a good time. Um, but, yeah, my guy Jimmy is out there. Nice flowing white locks. Oh, yeah. Uh, blazing some Johnny Cash. I mean, yes. just just doing it. And we had a ball. It was fun. Um, solo golf. It's like it's nice, refreshing. It is. Yeah. Also, listen, we've all been there. Group two. So there was a couple singles out there. There was probably five people playing on the course total, and we all were jump jumbled up behind a group of, you know, potentially ladies that were up there, just you know, taking their time, exploring the space. It's fine. And uh, so I actually. Uh, Played one hole twice. I got so fed up, I just drove back and, and went back to the tee box. I was like, I don't know. I hit one of the best drives of my life on this hole. Let's see if I can recreate the magic. I thought I did. Ended up in a in a bunker next to the green. Mm. But I was out here. 
Yeah. Long bomb. Are you a uh, are you a music person during solo golf? Are you a pod? Oh, yeah. like, I do I do podcasts during solo golf. A lot. Mm. Um, I did music. I like music on the That's course. True. A little, you know, maybe some some reggae vibes. Roosevelt goes well on the golf course. Jordan. Oh yes. The Roosevelt radio goes really well on the golf course. Sometimes it gets a little sexy, you know. You're out there just bailando, mm. doing but, your best manolo. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Jordan, should we invest in a magnet speaker for the cart for next year in the league? No, nah, I'm afraid that uh, we we would get too many too many complaints. Some reactions would be less than these positive. guys come come back as reigning champions and think they can just disregard <laughs> all of norms music. of golf. Do people not listen to music up there? I think. I think there was only maybe one team yeah. who I had. Wow, it's it's like super popular here. Like everybody listens to music. Yeah. I mean, old guys included. So I feel like that is like not as passe as. I, uh, I think it's like it's or, more popular amongst our generation. Like oh, sure, certainly. Captain's Choice out of Pack Saddle. Like our demographic will have a speaker. Everybody's bumping. But the our parents' age or above. Or even sometimes a little below will not, because that's just like gotcha. what they have grown up on. So, oh no, under un- totally totally understood. I just said I've I have actually been surprised that the old guys here often mm-hmm. are listening to music. Yeah, that's interesting. So. Yeah, but you know everybody's got their jams. Yeah, absolutely. I'll wait, to, I'll wait to see what Manolo tells me. I'm allowed to do. <laughs> Jason, you were mentioning that that he you're just shocked by his level of polo shirt to glove matching game. It's, re- today, it's remarkable. Today he had that rocking and the uh, the shoes. He had like the Air Maxes that were like pink and like co- like coral and teal colored, and he was wearing like the same polo that color. Oh, it was it was impressive. It. Yeah. impressive get up all around. Uh, must be nice. Tip of the cap. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's get to some foosball um, coaching carousel review real quick. We got any updates, any, any, uh, any positions to lodge. I think Miami's getting a little warmer. Potentially. I'd, like posi- I'd like to position Miami as getting there warmer. Was some, there was some word put out on that, right? Not a, not a direct vote of confidence, but something. Yeah. It's one of the most bizarre statements of yeah. really all time that I've seen from an <laughs> administration Trying to from Miami, That's... like ba- basically, I think the gist of the statement, as I understand it, is that the president was indicating that he plans to, like, take a greater interest in football. Like that, I think that yeah. is ultimately the outcome of the statement. But it, the way that he said it was like, it was one of the most corporate mumbo jumbo <laughs> lame things I've ever seen about like uh developing synergies amongst a broad agreement and uh aligning you know there's a lot of alignment talk and uh directioning so Billable shout out to miami hours. yeah they're gonna <laughs> they're 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 gonna they're gonna love football at miami once again but uh um florida state off the schneid guys they uh you know they they locked one up against syracuse this weekend it was close hard fought they nearly gave it away at the end but uh, at the end of the day, the Knolls uh, get a win, so that might, you know, you know, uh, that avoids a winless season, which probably would be grounds for firing your coach. I, I think uh, it might be. Does that make sure. Dino Baber's seat any warmer in your eyes, Logan? I mean, I don't know. I feel like we took Syracuse off the list last that's why, week. That's why I want to. I don't. Do yeah. Conversation. I don't think Syracuse is like is good enough to take any wins for granted or losses 
for not granted, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like, you know, they're 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 doing better than they should than they probably thought they were going to be doing. Still with the loss to FSU, you know, power big big school FSU, huge it was a, football. It was an encouraging presence. loss. <laughs> yeah, moral victory. <laughs> <laughs> Eked what out against quarterbackless swaggerless FSU. Uh, Eked out a loss, I should say. All right, um, VPI still on here. Nebraska still on here. No scuttlebutt about any potential hires at <laughs> UConn or uh, University of Southern California, but um, we got a lot of time before oh, those yes, jobs yeah. need to get filled. So we'll Urban see. Urban Meyer might be free to explore <laughs> other opportunities here coming up. So. TBD on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Southern California would be a good landing spot for Urban Meyer, given his. Right. Uh, to really focus on his family and given his and weekend, his job, weekend yeah. excursions. But uh yeah, messy situation there. Um, good luck to the Jacks is the is the main takeaway. All right, we'll keep it we'll keep it rolling. Jordan, Thursday night, oh. Virginia at Miami in front of thirty seven thousand strong at the hard. Uh, the the who's the who's the who's really did it. They despite, made me stay up way too efforts. late. Oh yeah, they made me stay up way too late on a Thursday. I thought we were gonna walk away with it. Um, but what, what do you think, man? I think that this is potentially like it could potentially do more harm than good that they won that game. I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be like Mr. Grumpy Gus over here, but uh, like you got to realize that, that it took a lot of different variables, unlikely variables <clears throat> coming together for Virginia to win that in the way they did. Um, so I hope in the way they did, I, I think Virginia deserved to win that game though, based on how they played for the most of for the, the game. first half. I think so. I was not yeah. impressed with their second. Well, half. the second half couldn't, I mean, obviously they let that Miami team come storming back. And, um, one of the most impressive doinks off the, uh, off the upright. It was, it was more we, of a rattle. We're living, we're living in a golden <laughs> age of doinks. Yeah. Like, if we're being honest. There's just right. been some some incredible doinks lately. I think they really have like put a focus on putting a microphone on the on on the uh the field so. goal too. Because I mean it's that worth thing, every penny. That was a square, a square shot. Uh <clears throat> 37, 33 yard field goal as time with no time left on the clock to win the game. Uh Miami's freshman kicker misses it. Yeah. Uh just pulled it and missed it. And Miami was down at the time. They were moving the ball with ease. I think they, mm-hmm. you know, looking back at this, I have some Miami friends in my life that were texting me, why are we not just trying to score here? It's like, good point, you know, can't tell you. Sure. Couldn't sure, tell you. Know. But, um, yeah, I, I think Miami probably could have scored a touchdown if they had maybe wanted to in that situation. Uh, I don't know that you – their quarterback played well in the second half. Um, yeah. Van Dyke, the quarterback who played, Derek King was hurt. Uh, he did not look good in the first half, sort of settled down in the second half. Again, Jordan, a lot of factors there. UVA's defense maybe is the cure for the bad quarterback, um, you know. And also, he I mean, he he made some good throws. You can tell he's talented. Um, I just don't love that offense with a, like, a pocket passer kind of quarterback. Yeah. Um, but he did have a weird touchdown run, too, in which he just kind of, like, rumble and bumble and stumble and like just i think he was surprised he never got tackled and just ended up in the end zone and it was it was very bizarre all around but you he had the running stride there of the like quasi braced the whole time (laughs) so he didn't really let the arms swing fully 
Um, True. No, but I think that like that second half was so confusing and frustrating for me because the defense seemed to call their plays so completely differently from what they were doing in the first half. Like the first half looked a lot more like some of the the havoc who's defenses yeah. of a couple of years ago where like linebackers are always coming on blitzes like right. you're you're sending five and six and it makes sense to against a freshman quarterback who hasn't had a lot of time in that system in a game setting um i'm just really confused as to why it seemed to completely flip in in the second half he didn't turn into a sophomore at halftime and suddenly right. like gain all of this uh, he earned he and, earned his you that's yeah, when he like, earned his you yeah like he didn't <laughs> he didn't do anything in the first half to to make you okay now we gotta rush three drop eight and like give him all the time in the world to show off that impressive arm um right so i don't know flabbergasted but i i'm not upset at the result but i am no. a little concerned at how how we got there yeah the virginia versus miami saga since like i been paying attention to it has been very interesting it's like miami clearly always a more talented team than virginia i mean miami has not been great really since i've been paying attention to virginia football uh with an ex- to an extreme degree but you know for whatever reason virginia miami like you get some weird games they get weird games i mean we've, we've seen a 48 to nothing virginia win to close down the orange bowl odd uh never we've seen <laughs> we've seen um you know some of the ugliest football games we've ever seen uh virginia has won the game i mean to my recollection as often as they've lost the game it seems like for the past 10 years which is very bizarre so i don't know miami is just in a weird spot we've talked about this at length um but yeah i mean yeah yeah the second the second half was weird miami certainly picked it up um but i still am, am flabbergasted by miami's lack of like really, really impressive receivers and like skill talent. Like they have some guys that are good and guys that'll get open. And then they have, I mean, there's some guys on that team that will drop the ball often. And it's, it's, it's very bizarre. Shout out to Brendan Armstrong. Love a lefty quarterback with a weird delete release. It just looks so weird coming out of his hand at all times. It looks like he's going to miss the receivers. Like he's, it looks like he's going to throw everything like, like across his body, like too far yeah. to the right, you know, from yeah, the lefty. Jason, it's it's a real Seth Potter on the mound situation. Oh, where like, <laughs> oh what a cut! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas, yeah, I mean, th- that was he's he's looking twenty degrees off the right, center yeah. line. He's staring and, at the he's staring at the dugout right and throwing it to the plate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yeah. It, a, it just, uh, what a perfect description. <laughs> it looks. I, I know looks my. Very weird. I know my pitchers. <laughs> I know my battery mates. Also, my guy's got uh, earrings, which I always love. I always love when he takes his when Brandon yeah, Armstrong he takes his helmet off and he's got some some nice uh, ice going on in, in the lobes. Yeah, so. PJ Fleck must be sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, all right, uh, next up to talk about oh Florida Kentucky in a game you want to talk yeah. about ugly football. Buckle games. up, a game that set football back decades and decades. No, um, I think we we talked last week. Kentucky has like achieved this status as like they are a tough out. I don't think they're that talented overall. Stoops does a great job of getting the defense prepared. They typically have really good offensive and defensive line play, for whatever that's worth. And um, yeah, this was on display in this game. Um, 
in front of a rowdy Kroger field crowd. Uh, Florida had eight false start penalties in this game, Gosh. which was ridiculous to watch and could have had a handful more. I mean, like they, there was the usual, like the, the tackle was leaving early consistently on all the plays that weren't called false starts. And it was, it was, it was just like, I was like, what is going on? They were doing the clap count. They didn't have a silent count going. I can't imagine it was that loud in there, but still. Um, so not great. Uh, so coupling that with, you know, tough, tough to get start. Florida had zero push up front. Um, really gave up only one drive to Kentucky the whole game. Defense played great. Wasted, wasted a, just a, a gem of an effort by Todd Grantham and them boys on that side of the ball. Uh, Kyrie Elam did not play again in this game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the main takeaway here is the this is very similar to the LSU game Florida played last year where I think they thought they could rest players, they being the Dan Mullen brain trust, thought that they could rest players, not take it seriously, and that they would win the game. And I don't think Kentucky is bad enough anymore to do that. And Florida's gotten really lucky against Kentucky a handful of times in the recent past. And yes, you know, it's funny to say like, Dan Mullen has lost to Kentucky twice. And it's something that no other Florida coach had ever done once in the last, you know, 17 coaches or whatever. Like even when Florida had terrible coaches, Jim McElwain was beating Kentucky, you know, Will Muschamp was beating Kentucky. Like those Kentucky teams were terrible. Also, these Kentucky teams are not terrible objectively. And that's that, that can be true. That doesn't make it like uh, a bad it's less doesn't shameful. Take any, it's less shameful, sure, but I will say that I'm very disappointed um, in the approach that it would appear Mullen and Co. take to some of these games against lesser opponents. Um, even like you know LSU last year, lesser opponent, sure, not lesser talented though. And that game it was a really interesting article. I think Read and Reaction wrote it today, but basically, Jordan, you might get a kick out of this too because we are Tony Bennett basketball fans. Like at times the Virginia basketball experience operates on a very thin margin for error. Mm -hmm. And Dan Mullen would appear to do that in some of these games in which he comes out with a very vanilla plan and doesn't ask the quarterback to do anything. And then the quarterback throws an interception or in, in the case in this game, a kick gets blocked and then caught and then run back for a touchdown then all of a sudden your game that you should win 24 to 14, you're going to lose 20 to 13 because you had a weird 10 point swing in there that you weren't planning on. And you were thinking you were just going to gut through the game. It's just disappointing because this team absolutely got up and gave it to Alabama two weeks ago yeah, or three weeks ago. And this is the same team. And I think they're still as good as they were, but I think that uh, like they need to, I'm trying not to fire Dan Mullen right now because like, I don't, I don't think this isn't, this isn't that conversation, right? A lot of the fan base is having that conversation, which I think is ridiculous. Um, But I I think that it's like one of those things, like he needs to change the way he approaches games. Like every, like Nick Saban prepares for every game. Like it's a a big game, right? You know, like that's, that's always the case In, in, in the case where they play Georgia Southern and, you know, Georgia Southern scores, touchdowns because they run a weird triple option or something like you know he actually gets mad about it like Dan Mullen kind of does this thing where his teams lay an egg and he doesn't seem like he cares at the same time which is bizarre like if your team lays an egg and you maybe appeared mad about it I think that would go a long way (laughs) towards for the the fan fan base for the fan base yes exactly and I understand Florida fans 
are ridiculously entitled and the worst and yada, yada, yada. And I don't think the guy needs to get fired because we just lived through like a really rough run of, of Florida football, um, you know, prior to him. But I do think that it would be nice for him to take some ownership for preparation and stuff. Um, and and I, it would be nice to see a Florida team like show up ready to play all their games. And, you know, so now I think going into this season, we said Florida was probably going to take a step back uh, from where they were last year. And I think that's still true. So if you think Florida maybe ekes one out against LSU, probably loses to Georgia, like that's a nine and three season. But, you know, I will say Florida is lucky that Missouri and Tennessee and Vanderbilt and South Carolina are all really bad <laughs> because, um, because I don't know, they might find themselves in some dogfights in those games based on the way that, you know, the coach wants to prepare the team. So yeah. anyhow, that's my big analysis. At the end of the day, it was a really sucky game to watch. Florida's offense was unable to do much. I think they had nine shots at the end zone right at the end in goal to go situations that were helped by penalties. Uh, you throw a flare pass to Jacob Copeland who slips in the open field and puts his knee down. Um, it didn't look like it, but he walked into the end zone untouched on that play and um, they, you know, looked at it and he did have his knee down and he was down. Um, I think there was a play earlier in the game in which Kentucky center rolled the snap to the quarterback and the quarterback actually went down on one knee to pick the ball up. They didn't call it. They didn't review it, whatever Kentucky scores touchdown on that drive, you know, but again, that goes back to what we're talking about with like the margin for error thing. If, if Florida shows up focused and gets that defensive performance and scores and has two touchdown drives and kicks a field goal, they win that game. Um, you know, they, (laughs) they gave up seven points on a, on a kick six situation, uh, and then uh, Emory Jones played terrible. Yeah. He, looked, he looked bad. He looked like bad Emory Jones in this game. They, there's no trust in him throwing outside of the numbers down the field at this point, which is not good. Yeah, and I think where it's most frustrating, at least just speaking from UVA basketball experience, is when that margin of error conversation is because the margin of error is self-inflicted. Yes. Like how how small it is. Like, I can understand if you are going up against an equally or better or more talented team than your team is, then yes, absolutely, your Ross, your margin of error is razor thin. But yeah. your margin of error should not also be very, very thin when you go play a Tuesday night game at Boston College on Raycom Sports because, Correct. like, because your guys aren't taking in rhythm shots and... So, yeah, I think, and that's one of the things where it's like when it's self-inflicted, that's when it's okay for fans to expect and borderline demand, like, hey, let's see some growth and an improvement yeah. in this area. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I, I will say the defense has been improved this year on the whole and continues to be pretty impressive on that side of the ball, uh, being disruptive and just generally not, you know, not playing as poorly as they did last year. Anthony Richardson played in this game a little bit. Uh, didn't play at all in the second half, which was a little curious. Um, but again, just an ultra conservative game plan for Mullen, I think really doomed the Gators. That's that's what happened in this game. And they didn't play well enough on the offensive line to generate two scoring drives that they needed to to win the game. So that's a shame. Jason, did you catch any of this? It was it was pretty gross. Didn't see a lick. Kind of kind of pretty glad I'm, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's all right. But shout out to Kentucky. They were excited. They rushed the field. So uh, 
this was like their third fine for uh you know fan control on the playing surface in the last like couple of years so they they got fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars for yeah. uh for for rushing the field so um, lord knows kroger doesn't have that kind of money either so <laughs> that's right uh all right we'll keep it moving here the gators to three and two they get vanderbilt next week and then they get lsu and then a bye and then georgia and then we see what happens uh oregon loses 31-24 to Stanford. Chris I didn't Paul's watch. already coaching Miami in his bind, brother. That's right. You're right. He's he's lost focus. He's lost the team. Um, not really sure how this all happened. It seemed like it was, you know, a, a good standard football game, but I think Stanford was up pretty decently, and Oregon might have chipped away at it a bit. I regrettably didn't watch any of this, but I did want to make note of it because Oregon was ranked number three, and they caught that L. So... And it cleared um, the way for a very unique top four this week. Yes. Yeah. So, Remind us what it is. Uh, I know that Cincinnati is number four in in one of the polls. I think they were they were okay in one of the polls, right? Yeah, I saw Alabama, Georgia, Iowa, Penn State, Cincinnati. Yeah. In some in some order, three through five, and in, in whatever order, but uh, yeah, because I saw I think the Bear tweeted out that uh, the. I guess the Iowa Penn State game is going to be the first Big Ten top five matchup, not including Ohio State in like a thousand years or sure. something. So that checks pretty, out. Pretty eventful. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um let's uh, let's check in on our guy Bo Nix. Jason, you were you were locked into this Auburn LSU game on Saturday night. Uh I mean it was a it was a night game in Death it Valley. Was, it was delightful. I loved it. It was so fun. It was very messy. It was it so messy. messy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, like LSU went up, and not not big. Like they were up thirteen nothing, I think, um, and they were up again. Like I think they were up nine or ten going into the fourth. And yeah, Auburn seemed like they were shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. A little but bit. It just yeah. seemed like one of those games that like LSU was like probably gonna win just because it was a home game and right. and it was gonna happen. Well, it's you know. We said it last week, like Bo Nix kind of keeps both teams in the game. And I think Spencer <laughs> wrote about it this morning and was like, pretty much everybody on the field is simultaneously trying to get Bo Nix to stop doing what he's doing at all times. <laughs> Including and his own team. Yeah, he's just like, he is He is an agent of chaos. Like, I mean, at least Johnny Manziel. Like, that's the last time we saw something that was just like, uh, I'm going to do whatever uh, synapse fires in my brain at this exact moment. I'm going to do that. Now, yes. full, full I, I do, gusto. And I do full... want to interject here and say in Bo Nix's defense, we should point out that he has not yet thrown an interception this year. That is true. Yeah. So, that is, which is, as, which is that. wild. As much as we slander road yeah. Bo Nix of the past, he has cleaned up his act yes. a bit, and yeah. he is keeping the ball, at least aerially, with his team and his okay. team only. Correct. I, I did like that that guy in the tweet said, I had, I checked this from three different sources because yeah. I didn't believe it. I right. identified that was so hard. Yep. That was because like, exactly I, I saw that. I saw well. you sent us the tweet and I was like, no, nah, that's like, yeah. there's no chance. There's but, no way yeah. he even did that on Saturday. Right. Yeah. That's, that's 100% correct. Well, so. he, he has been benched on occasion. Like, I think he was even, didn't he, wasn't he benched a little bit in this game? I think Finley played a bit. It's um, possible. I did start bouncing around a little bit. Um, but he, anyhow, at any rate, he came back in. Yeah, Finley, um, Finley did play well. He threw four passes. 
Yeah. So Auburn uh, comes back, gets the win. Uh, Bonex, like you said, the just really the the, the spiritual uh, successor to Johnny Manziel um, in the SEC. It's a good time. Texas A&M could use some of that excitement right about now. Yeah. Like I'll 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 watch an Auburn game almost anytime just because of Bonex. The rest of oh. them, it's not that fun to watch. Yes. The rest they of have them, they but. have like very chaotic energy for a team yeah. that is like pretty buttoned up Brian Harson like yeah. offensive approach right yeah it's just, like it's, it's very <laughs> yeah that's just one wild horse that Brian Harson like you break. can tell Harson too is like doesn't love it like he's yeah. on the sideline and it's just like muttering and like shakes his head it's all the time yeah, like it's, it's so funny it is very much not intended chaos but it oh, is no, no, no. Like immense chaotic energy at all times, and it's yeah. I'll watch it. Like that's all I want. I just want weird stuff to happen. Yeah. So anyhow, I would love for Auburn to, you know, they got to play Georgia here in a, a week or two. I think. What's their, what's their layout? Let me take a let me take a gander. Auburn. Uh, they got Georgia this weekend. They got Georgia this weekend. Or the CBS game. They got to run. Okay, so they their next is that a home weeks. game for Auburn? Yeah. Oh. So their next sorry their next four weeks, home Georgia. At Arkansas, by home Ole Miss, and that wow. home Ole Miss game is going to get weird as hell. Man, I love October. Yep. So, uh, anyways, yes, it will, love, it will. love love watching Auburn play for zero of the reasons that <laughs> Auburn wants me to love watching Auburn play. Oh yeah, no, I mean they're I'll tune in. They're they're fun. Um, yep. All right, we'll keep it moving here. Last one to check on undefeated Michigan. Shout out to Michigan. You know. Uh, it's time to start you, talking to your family about an undefeated Michigan. We, they've replaced Iowa as the team that we have to start yep. talking to your family about undefeated. But uh, Big Ten, quite quite a year for the B1G so far. Uh, a lot of other teams catching L's. The ACC uh, just is uh, just dumpster fire at this well, point. The, the ACC is being uh, a good team player in the alliance, and they're simply clearing, preparing the way for the B1G. If you so will. is the PAC. The PAC yeah. is as well. So they're, you know, a couple of good alliance members in the B1G rocketing to the top. Um, with a big weekend coming up, I think we got Iowa Penn State coming up, which ought to be a good time. So, all right, Jordan. I hate to do it to you, buddy, but let's hey, talk about let's scared. talk about let's talk about the picks. Let's talk about what happened this weekend. Let's break down our big games. I, I have a feeling it was not a banner weekend for the boys, but uh, you know, you win some, you, you you lose some, right? Yeah, or in some cases, you lose all of them, like I did. <laughs> um, I, as we've tiptoed around, went zero and five. Took it took it on the chin this weekend. It's fine, right? I. I said it in the group chat. I haven't tailed a single one of my picks in real life this year, and I am a better man for it. Um, <laughs> I also think, like, I can just write this one off as I knew I wasn't going to watch any of these games, so maybe I wasn't as invested emotionally or mentally when making these picks. Um, so we're on to week six already in, yeah. in this headspace. But, uh, yeah, I went 0-5. Logan and Jason, you guys both went 2-3. and three. So on the season, I currently stand in third place, 11 and 14. Uh, Jason in second, 13 and 12. Logan still in first, 15 and 10. Ooh. Little little two to one ratio. So hot right now. One and a half to one ratio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah two -thirds. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I was really worried, especially going into the nightcap of UConn Vanderbilt. Uh <laughs> I think with only one dub locked up, but um, yeah. So let's get to it. Arkansas, Georgia. Uh, Jordan, did you 
I, I just out of curiosity, did you catch any recaps on any of these? So I, I watched condensed versions of the first three that we okay. are going to talk about. Smart. Um, bless you for watching two of those three uh, all of the way through. But Yeah, well, they uh, were only like nine minutes long. So Yeah, that's true. The first one, uh, Arkansas, Georgia. I mean, this was a an old-fashioned just whooping just there was uh, no whomping a reverse whomping there was, it was a reverse an anti-womp happened yep. in this game georgia just i hate how they do what they do so well does yeah. that make sense like i just like i hate that they get rewarded with just like for this offensive approach um because they're they're you know their savior quarterback didn't play in this game we, we're back to five foot seven stetson bennett who can't throw the ball 18 yards he threw, he threw 11 passes through 11 passes is objectively not good and it doesn't matter they have like four running backs that i think all ran for over 50 yards in the game uh they have this a defensive end that they put in it at, at uh fullback that is three guys at once three guys in one play it was amazing yeah and then their defense their defense is as good a defense as i can remember like a, a defense that actually jumps off the screen at you. Like, I don't know how you score on, if they get you in third and six, it's over like yeah. kind of defense. It's like they, um, I like remain super fascinated to see what Dan, the hacker Mullen comes up with against this defense <laughs> because this defense looks so frightening. They're so fast side to side and their defensive line is just so stout. They don't even like, it doesn't appear that they, rely on like a whole bunch of like exotic pressure packages they they just no, like i think it's like they, they just make it hard for you to advance the ball yeah <laughs> like from what i can tell they like their defensive line is so trusted to just stand up the off the entire offensive line like it takes five people to you can't it takes yeah. five people in a running back to block all four of those guys and that lets the other seven people just kind of like Flow. Like analyze the play and follow yeah. it, and all of a sudden you're getting funneled to two linebackers and a safety every time, and it's it's remarkable. It's I I think those like early 2010s Alabama defenses were like this, but I don't know. This one it almost seems faster. It's well, it's it's, it's very fast. Very yeah. Fast. I, I was gonna say I don't think we've seen a defense kind of like you guys have mentioned since the that jumps off the screen to your point, Logan, since one of those Alabama yeah. defenses. But I think it's maybe more shocking or even more impressive that we're seeing it in the day of in this era. warp yeah. speed offense and yeah. spread you out and make things impossible for defense sure. to do defensive things. So it's, it's awesome to watch unless yeah. you're playing against it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't. And I, think- I texted, I texted during the game, because it felt like the only time Arkansas had success was like between the ta- like between the like right on the center's shoulder pad, right? Um, yeah. And even then, it was like, oh, like hey, like four and a half yards, like that's nicely done. And so, like, it's all that's degrees of success. double what you averaged, right? right exactly. And yeah. but for for a lot of the game, and I think it was just trying to like. I think Arkansas was basically like, we have to get these these corners off the line of scrimmage and these safeties back a little bit. And so they were trying like swing passes and quick outs and stuff like that. And yeah, 
you can't beat this Georgia defense sideline to sideline. Like it cannot. I mean, be done. or you and, you absolutely have to have a heroic like tackle breaking effort out there to right. get up the sideline, yeah. and then it's like cool, you got a first down. Like it right. feels like a victory. You got uh, to do to that like down. six times to get some points. And, and I think I mean this Arkansas offense is fairly limited. I mm-hmm. think I mean sure. their quarterback. This is another reason why I'm like exceedingly interested to see how Florida approaches the Georgia game because I think Florida and Arkansas have similar approaches in that they have kind of a one read scheme going for their quarterbacks and their quarterback kind of wants to lock in on the guy he wants to throw the ball to. And it's just going to go ahead and freaking pound it in there. And we're going to see what happens if he doesn't, if it's, you know, if, if it's not right, right there, he, he's going to send it. So that is interesting to me. I, I don't think they employed the greatest approach against this defense. It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of like misdirection attempts no. to try to get the defense flowing one way. Now you got to be able to set that stuff up too. KJ Jefferson had occasional opportunities, but I mean, I think it was like in the fourth quarter and Arkansas only had 87 yards of total offense in a game. I mean, they were down 28 to nothing. They had a punt blocked uh, for a touchdown. It was, it was bad. It was bad showing for Arkansas sucks. I think we were all kind of excited. Um, I'm a little surprised that George scored, I guess, as much as they did, but that was on the heels of just a, just a flurry, a, a huge first quarter. Um, and then they, they just had, on you, right? They only had 72 yards passing. They, yeah, they just they just smother you to death and hit yeah, you. Yeah, and the they're face perfectly content doing it. I mean, it's funny to look at like the Georgia the mentions on like the yeah. on Instagram or whatever. Like these guys hate Stetson Bennett, the, the Georgia <laughs> fans. Like, I, and I get it; he's not good. But I mean, you just be a top 10 team, like 38 to nothing, and we're gonna pick apart the quarterback's performance. Like you didn't need him. I mean, you guys were running clock basically from the second quarter on. So, um, super impressive by Georgia. I mean, you know, hates you hate you hate that it had to be them, but it uh, yeah. it is. And I also say, I think the next so they they play at Auburn this week. Yes. And so, like the thing that glitched out those Alabama defenses in the day was not and not to do the second reference to Spencer Hall this morning, but you should you should pay for his newsletter. It's good. Um, like you can't. You couldn't beat all those Alabama teams by like trying to beat them by conventional ways. Like you had to right, like right. you had to throw a you know a, a rock into the machine and try to do something weird. Yeah, that's and why so, like a Manzel or a, yeah, or a Dr. Manzel Bo always had success with them. Is the guy uh, well not always once had success right? I, I think that's the other thing too is like, well, I guess we, remember, like twice, we do we do remember yeah. the Johnny Manzel beat Alabama one time and we think like, oh, that's the flaw in the saving system. It's like right. the chaos is the flaw. Right. Like, off schedule chaos is right. like what and but that's also <laughs> fumbling that's a ball thing. to yourself yeah. and throwing and I'm looking right at you, Dr. <laughs> Bo Nix. I'm looking right at that's you. That's what I'm saying. Man. Like so things could get weird, but I mean like in terms of like conventional team, like yeah, yeah, that Georgia that Georgia team is scary. I wonder how much I mean I'm just curious too. Like Kirby Smart, obviously brilliant defensive mind. Like Will Muschamp's also standing on that sideline. Like you know he's sitting in on those DB meetings and stuff, and you know he's coaching it up. I mean that guy has never not had a good defense anywhere he's gone either. Yeah. And he, I mean they're all cut from that same freaking Saban DB centric coaching cloth, and yep. and you know they build their defenses you know like that. And um, I mean that's just a that's a, a lot of brain power on that side of the it's ball an too. Embarrassment but, of riches. Yeah, but I mean group. those defensive tackles though, and that defensive line is just. Like it doesn't even seem like they're like that disruptive. They just seem like they shut the game down. Yeah. I mean, they, like you, you can't, you they, can't operate. They don't like they. There's there are defenses that succeed by basically going on offense and basically saying like we're going to penetrate here and here and like 
Todd Orlando defense. Sure, sure. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, this is very much a defense that is like, here are our 11 guys. They are posted up in these exact 11 spots such right. that you can't do anything with it. And it's, it's, it's actually, it's fascinating because it's like not yes. how you normally, yeah, it's, it's. Well, there's like it. a, there was some interesting stuff last year about like, so Florida wheel routed them to death last year. Remember famously. Sure. Um, and I think because Georgia has like, they, they do like rules on defense. Like they have certain rules that like they follow based on like who you're supposed to cover and you can kind of like pick that out. But like, I just don't know uh, against this team how you're going to be able to, like, I don't, I don't see what you pick on. Like they don't seem like they struggle in the defensive backfield. It doesn't seem like they have linebackers that might be slow getting over. I don't know that we've seen them against the top notch offense. I think that's a little bit of an overrated point because they have shut down everybody that they played. Um, so anyhow, all right, that geez, Louise, that's enough Georgia praise. Good God. <laughs> Move it on. Speaking of Georgia praise, Cincinnati played at Notre Dame this weekend. Um, and shout out to our guy Desmond Ritter. I mean, wow, a strong performance by Cincinnati. They get the win. They pull away. They were clearly the better team this game. They played a little floppy in the first half, uh, but I was really impressed with like their ability to respond to a couple of Notre Dame drives there in the second half when Notre Dame was trying to actually maybe either regain the lead or or tie the, come back to tie the game. I mean, a couple of backbreaking drives by Cincinnati when they just got the ball and went down the field and scored and. uh Suck in your face a little bit there. I don't think Notre Dame's great, but I think Cincinnati is uh, an impressive squad. Yeah, yeah, I like watching watching the recap of this. Uh, Notre Dame just absolutely shot themselves in the foot over and over and over in the first half. Um, turned the ball over three times, I think, in the first quarter, quarter and a half. Um, that opening drive, like they moved the ball right down the field and then threw a pick on the goal line. Um, so mm-hmm. looking looking at the the drive summaries for the first half, Cincinnati only had one drive over twenty yards long in the first half, and they went into f- halftime up seventeen to nothing. Yeah, that yep. that's not going to get it done, Mister Coach Kelly. So, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think I think I said it last week that I'm not I'm not sold on Notre Dame being a top eight team or whatever. Pick your pick your point of of cutoff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was I was worried, like with in terms of picks and from wanting to see a, a G five for the moment team get in the playoff um, when. Like after halftime, Cincy kind of stalled a little bit, and then Notre Dame scored right at the end of the third quarter, and then stopped Cincy, and then scored again, and you know the place was was kind of getting some energy and that sort of thing, and and Cincinnati came back and let's see six plays, seventy five yards on the very next drive for a touchdown to, to basically yeah, that, seal it, and so I think impressive. that yeah that says a lot about them because that's still I think it's fair to call Notre Dame a top fifteen team, and you're going into their place. And sure. to do that was was impressive. Cincinnati's good. Cincinnati's got uh, only themselves to blame if they don't run the table. So yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, Cincinnati's going to probably have an impressive resume if they run the table. I am not sold on Cincinnati being like a top eight team personally. You watch them play. I think they've they've skated by um, with some you know timely performances and breaks against Indiana and now against Notre Dame. Um, but 
you know, it, they, you know, you can say all the stupid adages or whatever. Good teams find a way to win. They've they have found a way to win certainly, and they were the better team in this game. It's not like mm-hmm. Notre Dame deserved to yeah. win the game. Um, they were clearly the better team, but um, a little like I, I guess I don't want to say. I feel like maybe I overhyped Cincinnati in my mind a bit coming into this season and they just haven't been dominant in any game that I've seen, but we also haven't really seen them kind of get into the meat of their conference schedule where, where I think they will probably display a little bit more ability to dominate opponents. Um, they're gonna need, I think they're, they're going to need to, I think so. Yeah. Cause uh, I think all it's going to take is like one four point win against Memphis and right. the voters just be like, Oh, they're, there's our opening. Yeah. We're, right. we're yeah. gonna never, never it. doubt the uh, the Power Five's ability to keep him out of the playoff. They kind of have to leave no doubt. Oh, I mean, I think Stu got said this today on the the Levitard show, but the Ohio State weaseling their way back into the playoff conversation has already begun. It's they coming. had a great game. They had a great game this weekend. They're going to only have Against one loss Rutgers. to a, to a good Oregon team. Um, their quarterback looks good finally again against Rutgers, but um, unimproved Rutgers team, Jordan. So, you know, don't, don't well, sleep sure. on the Shiana start. does what Shiana does. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just, just joking, but yeah. So anyhow, speaking of joking, let's go to Tuscaloosa where our guy, notorious jokester, oldness head coach Lane Kiffin, brought the ribs into town for three thirty. Well, probably two thirty local, but the your SEC on CBS primetime kick um, got acting a little out of pocket before the game was was sassy Lane, and uh, his team proceeded to just get absolutely whitewashed by Alabama. This was a leave no doubt game for Alabama. They look really good. Um, Ole Miss. Was not able to do to take to to catch Alabama by surprise with like a, a strong stressful offensive performance. They didn't look particularly sharp, and um, I kind of want to know how this game would have gone had Ole Miss scored on that first drive. Yep, they got the ball, marched down the field. They did the in my mind the smart thing, playing against Alabama, and went for it on fourth and goal from the six yard line and didn't get it. And then Alabama proceeded to get the ball and score and get the ball and score well, and get the ball and score. And it, before you knew it, it was like the Florida, like looking up at the 21 to nothing lead, like, holy moly, like how do we crawl out of this kind of game? Yeah. So I, when I was watching the the recap, I found I, as I remember the first drive, they converted two fourth downs yes. previously. Right. And so I, I get that you're feeling hot at that point, but it, I think it was like fourth and one from the six that they sure. went for it. Um, and, at that point, it it kind of feels like you're tempting fate a little bit. Like I I don't know, man. Like let let's just go ahead, take three easy ones, get an early lead, and like let your defense know they've they've got something to to play with, you know. Um, and then the other the other one that jumped out was uh, at fourteen nothing. They went for another fourth down, but it was like oh yeah, they were like squarely in their territory. Yeah. yeah. Barely yeah. even on, across the 40 or that, something like that. That felt so. a little thirsty from Lane. <sighs> yeah, I don't have personally a, a huge issue with the going for it at fourth and goal. Like, I think you're basically you're announcing that, like, you know, you're going to need to score touchdowns to beat Alabama and sure. you want to score a touchdown there. Um, hopefully, you have your touchdown play dialed up, but uh, that is not the case. And, you know, didn't it didn't it didn't work out for him, but. You know, all of that too, coupled with Lane being a little sassy before the game, telling people to get their popcorn ready, throwing the headset, not wanting to answer questions, uh, like 
not, not the best, not the best day for Mr. Kiffin. Oh, but he um, tweeted his way out of it today. It's fine, didn't you see? Oh yeah, no. I mean, listen, he's he's a good sport when he needs to be. He's, he's just, a he's just a good dude. Yeah. Duh, this guy has to be a charmster. Look at the jobs he's had. Yeah, look at but, his LinkedIn page. <laughs> <laughs> that all said, I mean, I, I'm still in on Lane Kiffin uh, for yeah. sure. But this was a this was a tough crashing back down to earth for that team. Yeah, who get to also, play Arkansas this week coming up, which will be an interesting game. So of I also had... just continued my my fast rocket ship fall down to earth picks wise because I gave out some bonus picks in this one. Namely, okay. namely the over 80, which did not hit, and right. whatever Alabama team total over, which almost certainly did not hit. So, Yeah, the Sorry over 80 would have really been nice. Like, Ole Miss could have helped you out there on that over 80, and they, they decided not to not to yeah. assist there on they didn't the show up whole for me. scoring of points. But uh, shout-out to Alabama. They look really good. Alabama-Georgia promises to be a tasty matchup. Uh I think I'm like I've, I think about like how that game is going to play out often. Just I'm like, wow, that is going to be. I think about. I ponder this often. <laughs> I ponder this a heavyweight matchup, um, unless you know Shane Beamer and them boys pick off Georgia somehow. Signature win. You know, I thank you for mentioning Shane Beamer, Logan, because I I wanted to bring up how proud <laughs> Shane must have been to see the Bulldogs. That Georgia defense that whoop punt. somebody else. Well, block that punt for for a uh, touchdown. That's Beamer Ball. Yeah, the the Beamer Ball Gold Dust is still in Athens because he brought it there. Did the the South Carolina play in which the gentleman dropped the ball before he went into the end zone? Um, the uh, thing that we see that chaos. happens every year was that a blocked kick or was that an interception? Or no, fumble? that was a fumble. It was a sack fumble. It was a double fumble, was, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was a sack fumble. Yes. South Carolina guy picked it up, got tackled, and fumbled it. South Carolina guy. The announcers thought the play was dead like 10 seconds yeah. before. Another South Carolina guy picks it up, runs towards, towards the end zone, <laughs> gets to like gets to like the eight-inch line, flips the ball up in the air, like yeah. straight up. And ball so goes out of bounds. The usual and then we the also bounds, got yeah. the worst rule in sports. The yep. uh the ball goes out of bounds in well, the end zone. Roger that. Sherman made a great point that that shouldn't have been a fumble. That should have been an illegal forward pass. Because the ball been, traveled forward, it should have been a penalty on South Carolina, and they should have gotten the ball like the, the yeah. six or the eleven or whatever. Our forward passes relative to the field of play. Is it a Newtonian frame of reference or like a uh, a, a relative frame of reference? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sure they hammered that out when they were writing the rules book. Like, yeah. what frame of reference are we using? Like, if, if I'm guys. if I'm running and I throw the ball backwards relative to me running, but the ball is still moving forward relative to the field of play. Is that a forward pass or is I that a lateral? It's, I believe it's where ball is released to where Does it ball comes is forward out of your yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean it's so gotta be. So that's the only yeah, way to measure only way on a field with lines on it. But right. I'm just saying, like yeah. So very, so he released the ball and it went out of bounds directly in front of him. It should have been an illegal forward pass and it should yeah. have been South Carolina ball. I think Roger Sherman is correct. Actually, as I don't he know is though, a lot, because about a lot of things. As he is. If a quarterback <laughs> If a quarterback releases the ball and propels it forward, it's not it's a fumble, it's not an illegal forward pass. So he in theory that guy that guy released the ball and it was propelled forward. So he fumbled it but the ball was still propelled forward. You know what I'm saying? Like a quarterback gets hit, ball's out, his hand comes forward, th- flings the ball, it's a fumble. Depending on where Well, I think no. then, then no, it's always a fumble. Like in, 
I would like to see this toss before I can make my my mind up. So it, it was very much. I'm just saying you can fumble the ball forward, and it's not an illegal forward pass. I, I don't. I disagree with Roger Sherman's. Uh, so I think that I think Roger Sherman like doesn't it get into like intent. Well, I think it yeah maybe into, because like, plus is, it, it gets into but like, I think it gets into like where <laughs> where the ball ridiculous. was no longer being gripped by the hand right yeah and that's what I'm if saying you're, like, if you're I still say back here guy, it's a fumble but if you move forward an inch it's inevitably passed and so but but no but I'm saying that guy releases the ball so therefore he's not in control of it anymore but he released it backwards. But the ball is but the ball is moving forward relative to the field of play. I mean, I think it's still a fumble. It's the same thing okay. in my mind as if quarterback gets the ball dislodged and then pushes it forward with his hand, his noodle arm that is whipping forward while it's he's the not pass. in control of it. Okay, I yes. see where you're coming from. Yeah. The moral of the story is this is all absurd and exactly what college football is meant for. Yeah. Jessica Smitana today said like she, she just doesn't understand how this could happen because she feels like on a football field she would be so scared that it's like she would be in the end zone and like make like make sure the ref like you'd have to look over and like make, make the sure the ref was sig- signaling do the, touchdown before do the rugby thing where you like put the ball on the ground in the end yeah. zone. Like <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. People should start doing that. Yeah. I think people do that occasionally. I'm sure Kadarius Tony has tried. Shout out to KT out here doing it for the Giants. Okay. That great conversation, guys. Sparkling rules conversation. We'll get uh, a rules expert, Matt Austin, in next week. Former SEC ref. Guy, the guy that just parachuted into all these games. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. I was like, always seems so confused when they bring Back in the studio hey, on a lag. Just Matt, you watching the game, buddy? You, 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 you up? You up, bro? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think it was the UVA Miami game. They brought their expert in at one point, And he's like, well, I, I think I'd really like to have, have a chance to watch the play first before I comment on it. Like, oh, thanks. Neil, for taking a time from your two and a half hour poop break to, to come back and, and weigh in on this potential targeting call we've got here. But uh, another banner weekend for blown targeting calls, too. Yeah. I, I hate that that happens. Well, that so there's, now, there's like, we talk, there's talk like, now targeting. of there's talk now of revising the rule. Oh, what? How, how? I mean, geez, Louise, that could have taken one weekend for them to decide that. Well, so they're they're in like here a, we are fifty nine weekends a, in. I say this as a communications professional and not somebody that is of reasonable mind because those Fair are two enough. very separate things. Okay. Um, the the concern and this was part of the like sources, um, like they basically the rules committee knows that targeting is kind of messed up, and there's yeah. no great way to call it like. It's it's frankly not super fair to the refs because they have to go by the letter of the law and which disagrees with a horrifyingly fast and violent game, like pretty directly. Um, So the rules committee basically knows that it's in a bad spot. Um, They don't know how to fix it, but they they're trying to figure out a way to fix it. That doesn't make them look like they don't care about player safety. Right. Um, Cause like the, the whole, there's, there's some logic to like implementing a mildly flawed rule and like over calling something to, like really disincentivize it. Like they do that. They do this with college basketball every year. Like they find something they want to disincentivize, whether it's, yeah, whether it's, whether it's like freedom of movement in the lane or any of a dozen things. And they tell refs like, Hey, go above and beyond calling this and blow the whistle every time. Cause eventually right. we'll like, like next year we'll slack off of it, but people will be so scared and so disincentivized. So, I mean, I get there's it. Yeah. some, 
there's some there's some gray area there because they they know it's kind of messed up and it's gone on too long now but they're also worried that like anything where they're like okay targeting is mostly fine now will look like oh you don't care about these kids and so i don't think it's as bad as they think it is but i understand why they're pr paranoid for lack of a better yeah term. no i'm with you on that i get that i just think like targeting is there's never been a better example of like the letter of the law versus the spirit of the rule, right? Like, to, like there are hits that targeting is clearly trying to get out of the game. Big kill shots over the middle, like plays, basically anything over the middle, right? But like plays where you're trying to keep someone out of the end zone and like you hit a guy to keep him out of the end zone, like that the the purpose of targeting is not to prevent you from making a ta- that that tackle. You know what I'm saying? Like the purpose purpose of targeting is to eliminate ninety percent of like free safety's head hunting on a tipped ball when like they, they you know like Reggie Nelson of Florida used to do it back in the day the ball would get tipped and he would look for a receiver and just level a guy yep. just because the ball was tipped and he it was it was fair game free like, rain to do anything yeah so there's no need to do that i just i don't know i think they've walked their self down a path by defining what is a defenseless and defense and not defenseless person to to the point where they they've walked themselves into a corner on a lot of these calls, and I get it, Jason. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like, I mean, they they need to prioritize player safety um, for sure. But it's you know the the like parsing out of what is defense de- a defensive play, whatever not defenseless means, um, whatever word I'm I'm searching for here versus Defend- who is defensible. who is who is defenseless, and then you know a lot of times too, there's just bang bang tackles, and like you said, they're gonna err on the side of just like calling it. Um, when there's really nothing else you can do. Um, but I mean, I could see targeting as like, you know, like they've, there's been a point of emphasis on like cutting out the illegal crackback box. And I honestly think that's worked. Like you don't see mm-hmm. a lot of those anymore. And if you do, they ruin big plays and these guys are in big trouble for doing it because it's often on a punt return or something like that, where everybody's flowing one way. And, or you see the guys running with their hands in the air, like trying not to do that and still achieving the block. Like that's kind of the point, but yep. I don't know. I, I, I guess, it kind of boils down to like paying the players, right? Like someone smarter than me is going to need to figure out a way to do this because the rule seems overly punitive, um, but you have to balance punitiveness, punitivity uh, with uh, player safety. So good luck to them. I like the the card concept still. I think that that would be an interesting concept because uh, then you could still have an ejection from the game as a penalty, which I think is pretty punitive. Um, and you could accrue them. You could even accrue them from game to game too. Like you could do like a, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Go so ahead, Jordan. I, I think the the risk with a card system is you potentially open it up to being too loose and open interp- for interpretation. Like, well, this this was only a yellow from this ref last week, but it's a red. This so like. If, yeah. if you have a card system, I think you still maybe want to be very specific. Concrete on the language of, of the law. Um, so maybe there is a hybrid model in there somewhere. Um, well, why don't they just leave the letter of law the same and the first offense is a card and the second offense is another card and, and that's it? Well, I think because then you like, I think you still need to provide for the sake of player safety, you still need to provide an outlet for the first instance to be an automatic red card. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I got you. So, 
Well, if we're going to review everything anyways and put it in the hands of the all-knowing eye in the sky. Yeah. And then, again, we'll I mean, do that job matter. for a third of the price. I got Absolutely. nothing else going on. Absolutely. I clearly have no biases against or for teams. So, right. You and know, with I'm... sport wagering now legal in Virginia, I surely won't have any conflicts <laughs> of interest. <laughs> listen, for the right price, I will never gamble again. You know? Yeah. So, like, listen, I've often this said is, this. It's easy. <laughs> okay. Let's keep it going here. Baylor at Oklahoma State. Um, I'm, I'm ashamed, ashamed to admit I saw the highlights of this, but I did not watch the condensed version of the game. I, I think we all got this one wrong. I think were we all on Baylor here? Um, we were. I think we we maybe maybe had overvalued Baylor's early season success a little bit too much. Uh, Spencer Sanders had a fine game, from what I can tell. Good and Oklahoma him. State, uh, you know, Oklahoma State had a more than fine game. Their defense is, I think, actually good too. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I, I saw about three seconds of this um, at okay. uh, at the brewery. That I was Chili's. At, so. at Chili's. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, if wishing made it true. Yes. And then finally, the dumpster fire of the week: UConn at Vanderbilt in the driving rain in Nashville. I cannot imagine a worse like sight to take in. Uh, but shout out to the full cast guys for all being there, and shout out particularly to Ryan Nanny who had to watch Florida lose. Uh, on a cell phone in the stands in the rain while <laughs> he watching. He said, "On the press side, we get watch ESPN perfect in these stands." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt eked one out there at the end, uh, and a real heartbreaker for UConn. So shouts to UConn for covering, though. Yeah, that's I twice in this, a row. This is my this is my other one that I won, right? Yes. I was I was just I think I took the approach of there's no way Vanderbilt's beating anyone by 14. I don't care who it is. Uh so let that be a lesson to you kids. There's no way Vanderbilt is ever beating someone by 14 again this year. Um but let me tell you that Vanderbilt South Carolina game. Actually, Vanderbilt Missouri. Missouri might be awful. They got roasted by Tennessee this weekend. And they Tennessee did. is big garby. I'll so, I'll, I'll I'll file some of those future Vanderbilt games yeah. away for yes. potential <laughs> value on. value plays the uh the sec east is back is really the main takeaway for this podcast here um it's georgia and then a bunch of just like dimwits running into each other <laughs> so anyhow all right fun weekend a little chaotic but uh we got it done you guys got anything else jason how are we doing we're good do we want to do we want to talk about the dukes oh yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're How was Durham, New Hampshire? Durham, New Hampshire. Uh, you don't just walk the, in there. Treated the Dukes like it uh, ordinarily treats the Dukes, which that is, it's never fun to go up there. It's never an easy place to play. Um, whole screamy Sean McDonald is a pretty good coach. Um, and they're a good team. So it wasn't, uh, it was not an easy, not an easy day for, for the Dukes. So what, they win by like 24? We, if only we won uh 23 21 scored Ooh. the game winner with about eight and a half left and we were losing into the fourth quarter uh but it was very much um sorry twitter just blew up i think hunter renfro just hammered somebody which is a very funny sentence to say out loud <laughs> okay um but uh so the dukes turned it over i think three or four times um one, we we fumbled like inside the 15 yard line and they ran it back 85 yards for a touchdown. Uh, we threw a pick six like right at a halftime. Mm. Um, so New Hampshire only scored one offensive touchdown, I believe. 
Um, wow. they only they they only had 11 first downs. A real Kentucky they, approach. They only gained 162 yards, average three and a half a play. Like Jamie played. It's kind of this is going to sound out. Jamie played really well, except for like moments where they just played atrociously in like worst case scenario. And credit to New Hampshire, they took advantage of every screw up we had. Um, but Coach Signetti said after the game that we played, we basically did everything we could to give them the game and we still won. So uh, the funniest thing, Jamie ran 90 plays in this game, gained 432 yards. New Hampshire ran 48. Jeez. How many yards did they gain? 162. Oh, okay. So they gained almost as many yards per play as you guys did. Yeah, it was like a yard and a half shy. Oh, was it? Oh, my bad. Yeah. Math. Math. Um, Not much. Math. So um, one of those weeks that, you know, hey, conference play, man, just got out of there with a win. Right. That's right. Anytime you go on the road in the CAA, you know, most, most people tell you. Preach on it. Preach on it. So, um, Go Dukes, though. Back, back at home against, like, number nine Villanova or something like that this week. Mm. Well, Get another Wildcat. Familiar Gates this week. Third third straight uh, Wildcat on the schedule. Is that going to be uh, televised regionally at all? It will be. It will be on NBC Sports, NBC Sports Washington. Ooh. Wow, NBCSW. Yeah. All of our home games are on NBCSW. Nice. Wild so. that away featured. There you go. 2 p.m. Family weekend. Oh, Bridgeport's gonna be a rocking. Gonna get gonna get weird in Upper Convo. So many dads and hoodies yep. walking around, reliving the glory days. Oh, this is where monarchs are gonna be everywhere. This is where this is where Riggsy and I butt chugged those beers that one time. I told your mother, and then I met your mother later that evening, and I said some regrettable things. <laughs> I said some regrettable. But she has uh, since forgiven me. About Mickey Matthews. Uh. <laughs> we could be proud. Uh, all right. Anything else? Let's land this plane. Yeah, I think we should. Um, a little teaser for next week, though. So what? We got uh, Auburn, Georgia. We got Penn State, Iowa. <laughs> which, I mean, shoot. Let's get let's get weird. You know, yeah. we can get excited. Um, and we'll find some others to, to tickle. To wet fancy. our whistles. Absolutely. All right. Let's see what else? Arkansas, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Texas. Oh, Arkansas, Ole Miss is a bit oh, of Red like River. a low. A yeah, low. Uh, oh God! Remember that game? A low key anxiety bowl there. Arkansas, Ole Miss, because I think both these those teams are going to be like, damn, man, what happened last week? They're going to be so beat up. Where is that game? March. What are we talking about? Arkansas, Ole Miss. Arkansas, Ole Miss is, uh, I believe, at Ole Miss. Let me Ooh. check crot quick. It mm. is indeed at Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Vaught Hemingway. Oh. Cool. All right. We'll keep an eye on that one. I'm interested to see what the line's going to be there. All right. Thanks for joining us. It's the Wheel Route. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter, Wheel Route Podcast, gmail.com, the Wheel Route.com. You can download the show from there, listen to it there. You can check the pick spreadsheet there to make sure that we are not tallying incorrectly. Um, you know what? Don't fade your boy either. You can fade these other fools. But things are going well. All right. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.